Welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the money podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Stephen Husky, owner of Husky Financial Consulting and Wealth Management. Our goal is to help leaders accumulate wealth and empower them to build the life they deserve. Each week, we interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that is building a thriving business with community impact. We ask tough questions, learn the habits they practice to build successful careers, and discover a secret they can pass on to help others build their businesses. It's time to talk money, meaning, and maximum impact. Hello and welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the money podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs hoping to learn more about achieving financial wellness, accumulating wealth, and building the life they deserve. As you know, in each episode, we either interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that's not only building a business, but giving back to the community as well, or we present a subject in finance that's relevant today. Our listeners are interested in all things finance and business ownership. So I think that you'll be extremely interested in our guest today, Dustin Heiner. He is um, successfully unemployed. All right. So what do I mean by that? Dustin, um, he is the founder of Master Passive Income and successfully unemployed. He is a real estate rental property investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was 37 years old. So with his podcast, books, courses, and coaching. He now helps other people quit their job by investing in real estate rental properties to live their dreams life. So Dustin, you're a real estate investing expert. You're a founder of these businesses. What got you excited about doing this stuff? Hey, Stephen. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, What got me excited was basically having financial freedom, not having to work for somebody else. That's why I love the term successfully unemployed. I'm not unemployable because I could work for like if, if Warren Buffett wanted me to work for him, I would pay him to work for him because not just make money or do it for free. I would pay him because I would learn so much. I'd, all the networking I want to get and just be, being around him, I'll be, you know, getting a lot of good stuff. So, but yeah, I wanted to basically have financial freedom so that I can control my life. Hey, why not? Right. I mean, we're all about financial freedom in the planning world. So I'm glad that you used your expertise, your knowledge and your passion really to go out and find something that worked for you and your family. And now you want to teach others how to do it. So you've got two different types of businesses here. One is the master passive income and um, is is successfully unemployed a separate business in its own, or is that kind of like your process for others? It's a passion project of mine. It's I, I love real estate investing. That's how I became successfully unemployed, but also there are so many other ways to do it. And I thought, you know what? I just want to uh, interview fantastic people who found other ways to do it because my way is not the only way. And so that's why I created Successfully Unemployed. It's another podcast that I have. But yeah, Master Passive Income is where I coach, show people how to invest in rental properties. And yeah, it's, but I got to actually have a story that I want to share about how I got catapulted into investing. Do you mind if I share that? Absolutely. Love to hear it. I'll jump to the end and then I'll go back back to the beginning. So when I was 37 years old, like you said, Stephen, I quit my job. I had 30 plus rental properties, each making me a minimum of $250 a month in passive income. That's the minimum. And I realized, man, even though I'm making $75,000 a year, had this job, I'm losing money. Let me go ahead and quit. So I'll go back to the beginning. So I've always been entrepreneurial in my life. You know, entrepreneurial starting businesses, that type of idea. Even at 13 years old, I had a newspaper delivery route where I would, you know, throw papers at five in the morning, bang them on garage doors. And I had a graphic website design company, skateboard manufacturing business, even had a convenience store and a pizzeria, just starting them from scratch. And all the while though, I'm taught just like everybody, 
that we need to go to school, get a good job. We need to then go to college, get good grades. And sorry, get a good job. Sorry, go to school, get good grades, go to uh, college, get good grades, get in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Then take, take that piece of paper after you get good grades and take it to somebody and hopefully get a career, work 40 plus years of your life, and then retire on what you have left over. And I thought that might not be the best route, but I still went that route. So I was working a regular IT job or technology job in one of the counties in California, a regular nine to five, sit down, desk job. And over the time, I started, after starting businesses, and at the same time, I bought one or two rental properties. And I always knew, I was like, man, real estate is the way to go, but life gets in the way. I just kept letting things pass by. And my wife and I started having children, one, two, three, and four children. By the time my wife had her fourth child, I got to tell you the story. She had her fourth child, and I went on paternity leave. Paternity leave is where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and all that good stuff, bonds with the baby. And then I went back to work. And then that week that I get back to work on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, the top, top boss. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the boss's office? And I said, sure. And I hung up the phone. I paused for a second. I thought, why would they be calling me to the office? This isn't normal. And as I'm sitting there, I realized about two months prior, there were some rumors or some rumblings going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the county. And I immediately shook that off. Like, man, I have 12, 13 years of seniority. There's no way it's going to happen. My bosses love me. I'm totally fine. So I get up and I walk down the hallway. Now, Stephen, this hallway wasn't very long. Well, in in fact, it was actually kind of short. But every single step that I took, it felt like the hallway got longer and longer and longer. And every step felt like my feet became lead bricks. And I started feeling the weight of everything because I could potentially be losing my job. Well, I get through the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed and his his secretary, she's looking at me and sheepishly, she grins at me and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. Well, I go and sit down in that chair. And as I'm sitting there, I start thinking about my life and my, my goodness, if I get laid off, was all this time working this job? Is that a waste of my life doing all this? And then I started thinking, if I don't have a job, how am I going to provide for my family? Does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to take care of his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the nervousness and the anxiousness and the weight is just running down on me. Well, the door to my boss's office opens up. Out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hands, a coworker of mine, and she is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you can tell her world has absolutely been rocked. She passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And so I get up and I go into his office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off for the government, but I did. So I took that layoff notice. And I walk back down that short hallway and I go and sit in my chair and I realized two things sitting there right then and there. I realized two things. Number one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed. Praise the Lord to be able to find another job in the same county, a different department, sheriff's department, great county department, started working there. And so check, I got that one done. But sitting in that chair, I realized the second thing. I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. And at the same time, I need to make sure nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that 
whenever anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what is it that you do? I would immediately answer, oh, I do IT work, you know, technology work for the county. I'm basically projecting my value in myself is in my job. My value doesn't come from my job. It comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. And as I'm sitting there, I'm realizing that I've always wanted to be an investor. This is the time. I will tell everybody now, and whenever they ask that question, I'm going to say, I am an investor. It may so happen that my 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. And everybody needs to realize this. Your value is so much more than anybody could ever, ever pay you. And this is how you'll know. Your boss is only paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. So I'll fast forward the story. I went to this new accounting department, worked out really, really well there, bought property after property after property, making me $250 or more, remember, or more from every single property. After 30 press properties, I realized, my goodness, I'm going to quit. So round out the story by saying, I went to my new boss. And I said, hey, boss, I'm laying you off. I'm giving you a two weeks notice, uh, jokingly, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And he said, Dustin, what are you going to be doing? I said, I don't have to do anything. I have real estate and I don't do a thing and it makes me money. So round out the story by sharing. I walked to my car the very, very last time. I did this walk a thousand times. It's a mile and a half walk because it was downtown. I was too cheap to pay for parking. And if you contrast that to the walk that I went when I got laid off down the hallway, where my feet became lead bricks, this last walk, I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need another job again. And that's what catapulted me into real estate investing. And now looking back, I'm blessed. That was the best thing that ever could happen to me. And what a story. I mean, as, as we can tell, there's no one right way to do something, right? So you felt the experience of getting laid off. A lot of people may be listening right now or know somebody that has experienced that before. It's not a great feeling at all. Plus, the weight in the chair, you know, like that must've been excruciating <laughs> trying to figure it out what's was. about to happen to me. And then it was just like proof. Once that girl came out you're like, Oh no, I'm done. You know, though, because of the time of the call Friday at three 30, I knew right away what was going to happen because they always lay people off on a Friday. <laughs> yep. like, so you don't come up and like shoot up the office, you know, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Hey, I, you know, it, it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to you. Right. I wouldn't be sitting here today. If it wasn't for that, I know that because life just gets in the way. It's just what happens. And goals, unless they're really firmly solidified in your brain, they, they kind of slip. And so for me, that was it. Cause I realized I got four kids. I need to make sure that they're fed and I need to make sure that I can't have some, or that nobody's going to have the ability to stop me from feeding them. You know, I, I had this similar experience. I only had one child at the time, but I was in banking for close to 10 years you know, in different various retail roles. I've, I've managed branches. I've done wealth management, all those things. The daughter, my first daughter was born. I just looked at her. I was like, I can't do banking anymore. You know, like I've, I've got to be able to support this person and my family for as long as I can and have control over it also. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> control is one of the biggest things you can, can personally take care of yourself. If you don't have that control, how do you get it? You, you have to. And a, a lot of people also think that, oh man, investing in real estate is risky. I'm like, you know what's risky? Is working for somebody and having them, the, giving them the ability to stop you from making money. And that's risky. I mean, like I said, I worked for the government. That is so hard to not get a job or get laid off, get fired or whatever from right, the government. Yeah. And if it happened to me, it can happen to literally anybody. So I find it's more risky to not invest in real estate because I, like, like I said, I'm, 
I'm blessed to be here, but I'm living proof that it actually can work. And we know for hundreds of years, people have been buying real estate and investing in it. In fact, the wealthy keep their money in real estate. And what I do is I invest for passive income. Now, a lot of people talk about appreciation. Appreciation is great, but I, I look to my kids. I'm gonna, I can't give my job to the kids. You, anybody can't give their job to their kids. I call a job, it's an acronym for just over broke. It's a J-O-B. And you can't give that to your kids. But what you can do is give your real estate to your kids. Any business that you create that's your own, you can give that to your kids. Any money that you make outside of your job, that'll eventually go away. You want to give them lasting uh, assets, passive income producing assets that make them money. And like I said, for me, I real in order to quit my job, I realized if I made $4,200 a month in whatever way, that's my expenses. If I was like, just cover my expenses, I should be fine. And so what I realized, $250 a month for one property, that is $3,000 a year in passive income without working. 10 properties is $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year without working. Five, or 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year without working. And I just realized, if I just keep scaling it from here, my goodness, I'd be able to quit my job. And I started back investing back in 2006, before the crash in 2008. And even though lots of people, like lots and lots and lots of investors, maybe 90% of investors went bankrupt because they were investing the wrong way. I didn't. My money kept going up because I didn't invest for appreciation. I invest for passive income. So whether the market went up, the market went down, or the market went sideways, I still kept making money because it's the passive income that I make. And now, fast forward to now, I'm making double or triple in rent what it was when I first started buying houses back in 2006. So my money just keeps going up. And then one quick last thing I'll share is I refinance the property. I don't sell them. People ask when I'm, when I'm doing coaching, they say, hey, Dustin, should I sell this house? Because if I sell it, then I could take that money to buy more houses and get more properties. I said, why would you do that? If you sell it, you don't have any more. You can't make any more passive income. Why not refinance that property, take out a tax-free loan, government does tax loans, tax-free loan, use that. You still have the house, take that equity, buy your other house. That new house is going to pay off that increase in mortgage. And you have this new house. Once that all paid off, you can continually do it over and over again. So there's so many great ways to invest in real estate. I agree. You know, and because this is the finance podcast, we want to know different ways that we can make money. We can accrue interest. We can make passive income, all these different things that you're talking about. Uh, just a quick disclaimer. I'm not saying you should do any of these, these things. I'm not telling you to do these things. I'm saying you should consider some of these options, right? So well, I'm telling everybody and I don't have this, the, like the credentials. Right, to you say can say whatever I, you I'm want. Bound. Yeah. I'm saying everybody needs to, I mean, yeah. I just, I've, I've, I'm blessed to be able to get on uh, podcasts and talk to great people like you, Stephen, and just literally go to the gym in the morning, hang out mm -hmm. with my family. We went skiing on Friday or sorry, Monday and Tuesday, the middle of the week. And it's, it's not like real estate's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, sure. but it, it's what affords me to do with my life. I literally don't have to work for other people. Now, what I do now is I focus on 40 plus hours a week back in my life. I build more businesses. I buy more real estate. I use that time to do other things. I'll give you an example of one that I'm really doing right now is I'm creating a real estate investor conference. It's literally a whole nother company that I'm creating after doing my own podcast and YouTube channel, coaching people for, I don't know, five, six years now. I have so many friends who are also doing the same thing, coaching people how to invest in real estate. And so I call them all up and I said, hey, I want to do this. I want to create an event where we bring all of our people together. Are you in? Fast forward to now, 
27 speakers, friends of mine that are influencers themselves that actually do this investing, everything from multifamily to Airbnb to, you know, rental properties to land investing. And we're building a conference. Now I'm really blessed. We're over the break even part. It's actually, it's called Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference and it's in March. And it's now going to be a yearly conference because I'm actually might make money on this first conference, which is great. But if you think about it, this is a business that I'm creating that I can do over and over again. And I'm already hiring people to run that business. Now, when you're investing in a stock, you're investing. It's, don't get me wrong. It's good. But you're investing in somebody else's company. You have no control over that company. Even if you have some shares that you can vote, that's so little control. I love owning my businesses so I can control them. And in the future, I'm literally going to give these businesses to my kids. So I invest for passive income. I get people to do work in the business. And now because I have 40 hours of my week back in my life, I can do all these great things. And that's what great thing about creating a river of income. You know, people talk about streams of income. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. I love streams of income, but all the streams for me flow into my river of income. So all the money I make goes right back into real estate because that's where I make my money. Colloquialisms that you're using. That's awesome. It's a river, <laughs> a river of income. You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in reinvesting in your own business because that's an equity. You know, no one else knows that business like you do. You can control the growth of that business. Obviously, we want diversification, have multiple assets. You know, you got your businesses, you've got your real estate. I'm sure you got some retirement funds somewhere, right? So all these things work together. No, to I don't. I, I, I the retirement funds. I'll, okay. I'll give you now. This is for me. And there's different options. Um, for me, I cash it all out because I realize even with the penalties, I make so much more money in real estate. Now, there are ways to mitigate you know, the loss. Like if you're going to use, let's say you have $100,000 out, don't take it all at once. I did. I just cash it all out. Like I'm done with that. I'm putting it into real estate. But what you can do, let's say you found a good property you want to buy, take out that little portion for that down payment at a time. Instead of big $100,000 uh, amount, you could also do self-directed, all that sort of stuff. But I cashed it all out because I realized my goodness, I make, and here's the great thing, Stephen, I make money six different ways when I invest in real estate. I quickly go over them. Number one is passive income. I already talked about that. You calculate all your expenses. You make sure your income is over that by $250 or more. That difference is your passive income. Next one is equity capture. When I buy the house, I am an investor. So I buy it for lower than it's worth. I keep putting in offers until I get a property that I can capture equity. You know, let's say it's worth 120,000. I buy it for 100,000 captured $20,000 in equity. Another way is market appreciation. We know just over time, markets go up. It's just what is going to happen with inflation and everything. Then I also have um, forced appreciation. I fix it up. I buy a house that doesn't look very good. I fix it up, put $1,000, no, $5,000 into it. Hopefully it goes up 10, $15,000 more. That's forced appreciation. Another one, tax benefits. I know you definitely understand this. I love all the tax benefits of real estate. If anybody, like if doctors, um, lawyers, or anybody who has a lot of money, if they have never figured out depreciation, on their taxes, my goodness, that's going to, you're going to blow your mind on how much money you can save in taxes oh, yeah. and depreciation. The last one I absolutely love, it's mortgage buy down. If I buy a house, let's say, I'll give you a quick example. If I buy a house with an FHA loan, that's three and a half percent down, three and a half percent is an FHA loan. I live in the house for a year, then move out and then rent it out. If I buy a house, just round easy numbers, $100,000 to buy the house, I put in $3,500 to buy as a down payment. I still owe $96,500 plus interest. Well, as I move out, I don't pay that. My tenants pay that. They paid down that mortgage and interest. And the last thing I'll share, so that's the six ways, but I'll quickly share. I don't pay my taxes on my properties or any of my properties. I don't pay my mortgage. I don't pay my property manager. I don't pay for repairs. I don't pay for any of that stuff. Even insurance, I don't pay that. 
my tenants pay for all that. Now, it so happens that the money runs through me and out to them, but I don't have to get a job to pay for my taxes or my property manager because a lot of my students, they're like, man, Dustin, I have this property, but I can't afford a property manager. Like, well, when we're going to buy our next property, we're going to account for that expense before we buy the property. So we don't even have to think about it. It's already put in the budget and we're not going to buy it unless we can. So all that to say, what we do is we make sure we make passive income over our expenses and that's what we live on. Awesome. Okay. So you're not always, it looks like, um, well, first off, where are you located? So people know. Uh, I live in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona. Is the conference going to be near you? It is actually. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't want to fly anywhere for the conference. I was like, Phoenix <laughs> is great. It's beautiful in winter. It's March 10th through the 12th. So it's beautiful here. So it's going to be downtown Phoenix. Come to that. I love Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's RubeCon is for short real estate wealth builders conference and um, R E W B C O N dot com mm-hmm. r-e-w-b-c-o-n.com like i said i have 27 speakers 10 sponsors already have almost 200 tickets sold and this is the first conference and people are so pumped because oh here's the great thing about this Stephen. you'll definitely appreciate this okay. if you go to any other conference like i'll, I'll give I, I 10x conference you go to like grant cardone's conference every session is literally a sales pitch they'll say okay here hype 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 and then now run to the back we're only going to take the first thousand people we're going to cut the price in half from a hundred thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars on all your credit cards that's what it is it's a sales pitch it's horrible in my opinion i don't like going to those this rubcon is going to be a no sales pitch conference it's literally us good investors who literally have audiences that love to share givers not takers come together and literally just teach how to do this investing, everything from like multifamily, single family to land investing, all that sort of stuff. I'm really blessed that it's working out. My goal is to get to where I help a thousand people to invest in real estate because I'm so convinced, obviously my life is for me, evidence for me that I, it's, it works for, for me and it can work for everybody. And you know what's interesting though? I can teach anybody how to invest in real estate. I literally can show them step-by-step, literally give them process. I have students quitting their jobs all the time because I've showed them how to do it and build their business, but getting them over that hurdle so that they realize that they can do it, that they should do it, and that they must do it because their job's not guaranteed. That takes all the work in the world. Like hopefully my story of me getting laid off is help catalyst to get other people to realize, man, I really need to do it. And good and must. Yeah. There's just some some great action words to use, you know? And I, I will say like, because you're offering value at this conference, it's not a sales pitch. You don't want people to feel guilt about putting their money into you, right? You're controlling what we call a buying process versus a sales process. They're going to come to you regardless, but let them come to you under their own circumstances and pretenses. And then that way you're, you've got a lifer when you, when you finally get them sign on. That's, that's a fantastic point. And give you an example how I know in my life that works. I have my podcast podcast called the Master Passive Income Podcast. It's literally just me. I don't rarely do interviews. I literally just coach and teach this on the podcast. And the more content that I give, because remember, like I said, I could teach anybody, but it takes that much content for them to realize that they can do it. Once they start listening, then they, if they don't like my voice, if they, oh man, Dustin, he's irritating. They turn it off, which is fine. I'm not going to waste their time. But the people that stick around, that listen, that are educated, that they take action, great. I've had people take action just for my podcast. But there are people that say, you know what? I like the way Dustin says it. I want to be coached by him. I want him to show me. And they come and find me. I'm not pushy. I'm not saying, hey, go buy now. I'm just saying I have this to offer. But I found in doing that, it's so much better. The types of people that are coming to me are so thankful 
that I'm literally helping them. Actually, here's what's really interesting. I do group coaching as well. So the group coaching, I get people on the call thanking me for my time. They're basically thanking me that I allowed them to pay me to teach them how to do this. It's so, I'm. it's a blessing. Now, I would say, like people also kind of say, well, if you're a rich real estate investor, why don't you do it for free? I'm like, well, here's the thought. If you're a tile, like you lay tile for a living and I come to you and say, hey, can you do it for free? Like you say, no, I'm not going to do that. Plus I have a wife and I have a kids. And my wife's going to say, if you're not going to make money, just don't do it. Just come hang out with us. Like be a family. So all that to say, it's so great when I have people, they realize that investing is right for them. And then I'm blessed to be there. And like you said, I'm not trying to sell them something. They're going to buy it because they want to be a part of it. You know, also it's, if people don't invest their own money into the process, they're going to feel less connected to the process. They don't have no skin in the game. So they can blow you off. They might not show up for sessions. Like it's a, it's a cost of entry. You know 100%. I mean? that's, that's all it is. Um, I guess well, a couple I'll, of- I can, I'll, I'll quickly add one last thing. Yeah. So see this, if you can see this, I have a guitar in my background and that guitar is, I don't know, $2,000 guitar. When I was in college, I bought it and I wanted to buy a $200 guitar, but my friend who's a guitarist, amazing guitarist, he said, don't buy that $200 guitar. Number one, it'll sound horrible. It'll play horribly and you won't play it. You're going to waste $200. If you're going to want to learn, you need to put your money in something that you're going to want to play. Like if it's under $2,000 under your bed, you're not going to play it. Same thing with your investing. If you're not putting money towards something, I'll give you this, uh, Stephen. I've literally given my coaching and my courses to people away for free. Do you know who, how many people actually follow through? Zero. Of the people that I give this away, zero follow through with it. I know some people might be saying, oh, yes, I would. Like, no, literally 0% of the people follow through. The people that pay me thousands of dollars to come do it, they are the ones that change their life and they're thanking me and they're renewing because I'm either making them money or saving them money because of them taking action. I had the same approach with my planning. Uh, you know, I used to just do it for free and I'm hoping that they would take my recommendations and, and things like that. But number one, if people aren't paying for it, they're not going to show up with the data that I need. They're not going to show up with the action items that I've asked them to do. They are not invested. So not, don't, don't just yes. invest in the properties, invest in yourself, you know, put some time out there, put some energy into it, put your money where well, your mouth is, you know, on top of that, how much money do we spend on college? Uh, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 mm -hmm. to go to college. And then all you get is a piece of paper. Like my, my co coaching, it's like $200 a month, $200 a month. And I give you coaching. I give you all the courses. I give you literally everything you need. And people change their life with just that. And with that $200 a month, like you're putting that and you're getting it money right back out of it. Remember your properties should make you $250 or more every single month. So you get in there, you buy one property that literally pays for the course. So, and the core the coaching. And so all that to say, if you're going to be paying 50, 60, 70, maybe $100,000 in college, think about investing in yourself. That's I do now. I realize that I learned the hard way to, because I learned the hard way to how not to invest because I did it. I went through the school of hard knocks because I didn't, there was nobody like this when I started. I was in 2006, no online things. Everything was so infomercially. Like I spent like a couple thousand dollars and they wanted more money out of me. It was that late night infomercial, a 2 a.m. call where oh, yeah. they say, hey, come to, we're coming to your town. And <laughs> so all that to say, I've done it the wrong way. I'm trying to help everybody do it the right way. You know, I, I feel like people are, are understanding that maybe college isn't what it used to be. The experience isn't what it used to be. And unless totally. they're not, unless they're not going for something very specialized, like a physician or, um, you know, like an engineer, things like that, 
maybe there's a trade or maybe there's a, there's a different thing you can go 100%. out and do and spend your time or money on. So I think we're all in full agreement there because the college costs are just increasing by five or 6% a year. It's absurd. And, you know, so it's just not the same like it used to be. No, it's not. Definitely not. When I, when I went to college, I went to Fresno state in California and I want to say it was like $2,000 a year. So, I mean, after four years, it's only eight grand. It wasn't that bad. Now, I want to say it's like 50 grand to go to Fresno State. I'm like, that is just ridiculous. He's going to the, you know, the people on the board, I think. <laughs> where's, the, where's, <laughs> it the, where's it all going, you know? Well, uh, let me ask you a couple all of questions. the administration probably, I don't know. So, um, you know, what is your relationship with money? This is a money podcast and everybody has a different relationship with it. Why is money important to you? And what's your relationship with money? My relationship with money, it's a means to an end mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I love, I don't love money. I love the process, the game of making money. And I found the more people that I serve, I think I might've said this, the more people that I serve, the better my life gets, the more money I make, the more properties that I own that I make to be a really, really good property for other people. They're going to want to live there and they make me money. More people that I show how to invest in real estate. So the more people that I help, it helps me to make more money, but it's just a means to an end. I'll give you an example of why I realized or how I realized it was a means to an end. So when I was 27 years old, I, I said, I want to quit my job. That's my goal is to quit my job in 10 years. And I said, by 37, I'm going to quit no matter what. If I have the means to or not, I'm going to force myself to quit. I was really blessed. Praise the Lord at 37, 36, 37, one of two. I quit my job. I was able to quit my job. And that was my goal, but goal done, check. And then a couple of years of, not having a goal, I thought, you know what? I need a goal. I need something to strive for. And then I created, well, I want to make a million dollars a year in profit from all of my businesses. That's my goal. After about a year, maybe a year and a half, I realized this goal, I would crashly say, sucks. I don't like it. Like, I'm not driven at all for this goal. I don't need the money. It'd be great to have the money. But what I did change my uh, goal to is I want to help a thousand people invest in real estate. Cause that goal eventually come monetarily. But if I help other people, then that makes my life better and their life better. But I'll give you one last thing about this. There are four legacies that we should strive to leave in our life and have in our life. Number one is our money legacy, having enough money to buy or do whatever we want from that leads into a time legacy. We want to have enough time to do anything that we want. So we have the money to buy the time to do the next thing is a relationship legacy. So money leads into time, time leads into relationships. We you know, have good relationships with our family, our friends, our children, our spouses, a relationship legacy. The last one is a service legacy. So money leads into time, time leads into relationships, relationships leads into serving. And I'm at that point now where I'm blessed. My money's fine, time, plenty of time. My relationship with my wife and my kids and everybody at my church and my family and serving people is now my goal. Being a servant to as many people as possible has been so much more rewarding than that money. The money uh, legacy, it was great. Don't get me wrong. But the service legacy is by far so much better. The money was, again, your means to an end to be able to serve people. That's what it sounds yes, like. I mean, absolutely. You're able to give back. I, I love it, man. That's it's not a typical answer that I hear, but I'm glad that you're expressing that it was it meant so much to you to be able to quit your job and serve others, but also make enough money to have great relationships with your, your cohorts, your family, your friends, all those things. Um, Absolutely. That's something that, that was very apparent to me because nobody on their deathbed actually looks back and says, I wish I worked more. 
No, they're never going to say that. They're going to say, I wish I invested more in my family. I wish I did more with the relationships, helped more people. That's what it's all about. See, real estate is not about properties. It's about people. Business is not about businesses and making money. It's about people. As soon as I made that switch in my brain to go away from whatever I thought it was, you know, a property, to making money, to starting a business, to helping people, the world literally opened up and I had so many more opportunities to make money because the more people that I help, the more money that I make, the more better lives their, their lives have. Great point, man. Great point. Based on what you said, I mean, it sounds like you, you, you know, your lasting legacy is going to be what for your businesses and what you're providing, what would you hope your lasting legacy would be in your family's eyes and in your community? That I served until I'm dead. Like I'm literally serving and giving and helping other people to have not necessarily better lives. Better lives would be great, but also helping them as well as to be spiritually fed, as well as being ready for financial uh, uh, understanding and financial knowledge, like literally all around. I'm trying to help as many people to, and I like on my, like if you, it's a little bit morbid, but like if you're going to have on my uh, tombstone, it's basically, he was a servant to as many people as possible. That's really what I would like to see. Couldn't have had a better answer than that, you know? <laughs> At least I don't think. Well, so with the last little bit we have here, tell us one more time about the conference and then where our listeners can find you. Yeah, so the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, RubeCon for short, you go to rewbcon.com, rubcon.com, and it's all about giving. So hopefully you got a picture of that. And in uh, today's talk, as well as I actually, I have a real estate investing course. I'll literally give it out for free. Do you mind if I share that, Stephen? Absolutely. Go ahead. So I have the real estate investing course. I'll give it to you for free. If you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777, rental to 33777, I'll give it to you. I'll show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, which means doing it right, making $250 or more in passive income from every property, how to scale your business to do whatever you want in your life. You can even go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give that to you literally for free. I also have my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast, where it's literally just me showing how to do this. You my YouTube channel as well. It's literally just me in front of the video just saying, hey, this is how you do it, X, Y, and Z. So you can find me in all those ways. I'll put all of those different mediums in the liner notes for the show. So listeners, if you want to go check out uh, Dustin Heiner at Master Passive Income, you can go see all the stuff. Man, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Glad to see such a walking success in real estate and a way to kind of look at money a little bit differently. So thank you. Thanks, Steve. And I appreciate you having me. All right, brother. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today on Portfolio Pulse. If you found this helpful and think others deserve to hear about us as well, please like, subscribe, and share us across any platform on social media or your podcast platform of choice. That's it for today. Remember to be happy, stay healthy, and tune in next time to remain financially fit. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult with your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Michael Stephen Husky is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Pass. OSJ 6115, Park South Drive, Suite 200, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28210. 704-552-8507. 
Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives are the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Husky Financial Group, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. 2022-134-076 expires February 2024.